This is Michael Warner, and you are listening to Escambia Empires. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 32 of the show. As always, we are excited that you're joining us, and we think we have a great show for you today. we got a lot of interesting information. Um, we have Steve Jones with Cornerstone Mortgage Solutions on the podcast tonight. And um, Steve, really, we talked for about an hour, and there's just a lot of stuff that we covered and we covered a lot of ground. Um, so I think he brought a lot of value about the mortgage industry and building a team in general and, and leverage. And also we talked about his nonprofit that he started and some of his work in Nepal. Um, just an inspiring guy with a lot of life experience. He's just, he's done a lot of stuff, you know, and yeah, listen out at, at or a minute 45, roughly. Um, he talks about it, repairing your credit. That's going to be the biggest. That was true too. Yeah. We, from this episode, we I asked think. him just point blank. Hey, how do, if somebody comes to you and they're not approved for a loan, um, how do you coach them in order to get their credit where it needs to be? So that was really, we'll clip that and put that on Instagram as well. That's kind of a plug for our social media. Um, as always, if you enjoy the show, please go give us a rating on, on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast that helps us out tremendously. Um, and let's just jump straight into it. Here's Steve Jones with Cornerstone Mortgage Solutions. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. We're excited to have you here. I was, uh, with you on your Realtor Corner um, video, Facebook thing, a while back, and I had told you that I was thinking about starting a podcast, and um, here we are, 30, 32 episodes later, and I finally <laughs> and bring you, you on. finally bring <laughs> me on. <laughs> yep. We've been trying to Thanks. figure this out for a while, but uh, you've been out just traveling and romping around having a good time, so I actually <laughs> want to hear about your time in Nepal um, later in the episode as well, Okay. Um, but for now, for those who don't know you, go ahead and give just a brief um, overview of you and kind of your background, and then cornerstone as well and then we'll dive into each individual section okay i'll give you the quick overview uh the cliff notes version there you go i grew up in connecticut came down here to go to college i think we attended the same uh institution of learning um, pcc yes correct i forgot that yes i forgot you went to pcc yeah so graduated from there met my wife while i was in school ended up staying here got into of all things the car business so um, I ended up selling cars for about six months and then I got moved into the finance department part of it. And by that time I was still looking to move, you know, I didn't want to live here didn't for long. I wanted to go and, <laughs> and, uh, ended up getting a job at a bank and was at that bank for four years, I guess. Um, and during that time is when I realized, you know what, I want to be here. I want to live here. I love Pensacola. Um, can't find any better beaches, can't find any better mm -hmm. environment. It's just a great place. And so ended up, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that we um, ended up going to lunch one day and, and he was doing what I do now, David. Oh, so you've, David you've met David. Yes. So um, went to lunch one day and said, hey, I want to do something. Let's look at starting a business together. And I had looked at a lot of things. I had some friends that were, um, had their own business. And it seemed to me that they were always out fishing, always out hunting. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get my own business. Yeah. It uh -huh. must be nice to make you your know, own schedule. Right. I was like, let's do this. And then I realized once I owned a business that I don't have the time that I used to. <laughs> so it completely changed. We talk about that all the time. Yep. It's funny because yep. we have, uh, many of my friends are still in college and all of them tell me it must be nice to be able to make your own schedule. And it's like, it is nice to make my own schedule, but it's not the schedule that you think it is. Right. Yeah. You would think that. Yeah. I'm so, you know, and, and, you know, I've been doing this for, we've had our business for 17 years now. So wow. now I've got 
things in place that allow me to do some things like that, which I guess we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Um, but so we started the business, um, ended up working so many hours just trying to get it going. And that was in 2004. Um, so we started in 2004, Hurricane Ivan hit. Mm. And it was a few years of, I told, I remember telling my wife when we started this business, cause I left a good bank business. You know, I had some stability. I had to all the thing, you know, thing. Yeah. and I told her, I remember telling her, I said, Hey, if give me a year, you know, we've got 12 months of savings. Give me a year. And I said, if it doesn't work out, I'll go get a real job. Well, that was in April. That'll be 17 years. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's just been, you know, things have opened up. God has given us opportunity and yeah, here we are. Yeah. I, that's so fantastic. I love that. And, and, um, I feel like there's a lot of people have that same, that similar story. Like I will, I will try this out. I'll, I'll put everything that I have into this and I'll just give it everything I have. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll go back. And, and that's how I was with school. I felt like, well, I'll, I want to do this, but if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to school. But once I got a taste of it mm-hmm. and you realize that once you, once you work really hard at something and you're building that for yourself, I feel like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a snowball effect and it starts to grow and build and it's, it's a little bit addicting, you know, I didn't want yeah. to go back. And I had a, uh, I, just last week I had a someone come up to me and say, you know, I want to start a business, but I don't know if I'm ready. I said, well, you know, there's certain things that you can prepare for. You've already got the experience in what you're doing. I said, the only thing that you need to do now is have a leap of faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can sit there all day long and go, yeah, I can do this in a year. I can do it until you actually step off that cliff. Yep. Then you have to do it. Yep. yep. Then you have to. And that's, that's exactly right. You know, young people out there that get out of college, they're ready to start a business. It's one of those things where they just, you just, you can prepare all you can and then it's time to jump. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just read a quote last week, actually, that it was exactly that. And it's cool that it coincides with what you're saying now because um, it said the key is to start before you're ready. And I just thought that was really interesting because you're never truly ready. If you're always waiting until you're ready, then the circumstances, you know, things just aren't going to line up. Yeah. And God's just like, hey, take that leap of and faith. Me, I'll tell you a quick story about that because I was working at this bank, well-known bank in town, and uh, I had started this business. My business partner and I officially ready to go. Um, but I was going to go on vacation paid for by the bank, you know, mm-hmm. oh, had, had my vacation nice. time. I was going to go on vacation. And when I got back, I was going to give my two weeks notice. Okay. Well, my business partner had already started, so he was already doing stuff and I doing some loans and I'm like, okay, we need a bank account. So I went not thinking anything and I'm just showing, you know, I opened up a bank account at the bank that I worked at. <laughs> oh, no. And so my uh, my manager at the time came in and said, what's this? And I told him, well, we're starting this business. I haven't done it yet, and I haven't left. I'm still doing it. He's like, yeah, you're doing a great – you're having a great month. Everything's going well. He said, but if you don't resign, I'm going to have to fire you. Oh, oh no. So, That's a little bit of a forced uh, – Yes. Yeah, so literally before I went on vacation to Hawaii, mind you, so I'm over on the other side of the mm-hmm. – and. Uh, before I went on vacation, I left with no job. Wow. So I got two weeks pay and came home and got pushed into it. So, and I, you know, I look back going, would I really have, how long would it have taken me to, to actually jump? And so yeah. it kind of pushed me into it. Like you're saying, yep. you get pushed into it and then, you know, five, 10, 15 years later, you look back and go, why didn't I do it sooner? Yeah. That's, why didn't I, I do that's it what sooner? I was just going to say. I was trying to figure out how to articulate that because it's, 
everybody has that same fear and nobody feels like they're ready. If, if they say they are, they're lying probably. (laughs) But every time you look back, even just in the day to day thing, it's like when you leave the gym, you feel so good about it, but it's like, man, I I didn't want to go or for making calls or whatever it is. It's like, why was I so scared of that? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's that same way with, with major decisions, major life changes that, you know, either God is leading you to, or you know that that's the logical next step the sooner you make the leap, the better, you know? Mm. So <laughs> very true. it's, it's just good to, to make the change when you realize that that's the, the right next step. So, okay. So you've been in business for 17 years now, go ahead and give us an overview of, of Cornerstone and kind of the, um, the mortgage industry and the services you offer. And we'll kind of dive into it from there. Okay. So in 2004, April 15th tax day, was the day we officially started our company, <laughs> believe it or not. So that's our anniversary every year. Tax day. On tax day. <laughs> and uh, so a good thing is, you know, a lot of times partnerships don't work. You know, I hear all the time people say, well, I had a partner for five years and then mm-hmm. it didn't work. Well, my partner, David, and I have been in business for 17 years. Um, didn't know him at all uh, before we got in. Um, he, I actually was his banker. So that's how I got to know him. Wow. Um, but it's worked because we have, you know, we both trust each other. He has things he brings to the table. I have things I bring to the table, but the biggest thing is trust. Mm. And so starting the business, we went through just like everybody in the, in the mortgage business, you know, 2006, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. the, you thought the world was going to come to an mm-hmm. end. And, um, we just stayed at it. Some people left, we just stayed at it. We didn't have a lot of debt for the business. And so we were able to keep going. Um, and, but during that time, um, we learned how to, how to be lean and how to do just find things to do that we were good at. And so we do at that time, we really started doing a lot of FHA loans, mm-hmm. government loans, uh, low down payments, easier to get approved. So we started doing that. And then, uh, that really, really saved us. I mean, it was, a. I remember days where we had thinking, do I need to go, am I going to have to go get another job? Because things were so bad. And we just kept at it, kept going. Other companies were going out of business. And we, because we didn't have a lot of debt, we didn't have a lot of overhead. um, We kept going. And then, you know, 2010, 2011 came around, 2012, things started coming back. And it got to a point where um, it it was where I, you know, I had so much business that I couldn't handle it on myself, by Mm. myself anymore. And I was, you know, doing five loans a month thinking, you know, this is good. This is really good. But that's all I could handle Mm -hmm. because I was dealing with the client up front. I was taking care of all the things on the back end and I couldn't go get new business. So I'd I'd have five one month, three the next, seven the next, three the next because I didn't have any help. Yeah. And that's when I hired my first employee was in 2012. There we go. That's Um, what we were talking about before we hit record. Right. And so once I hired that, then things just changed. Hmm. You know, the, it was a number of things. The market got better. But having that person take things that I was not good at. I don't like the back end. Mm-hmm. I don't like dealing with, you know, getting all this information and making sure that I have this verification and that verification. Now, I want to talk to that client. I want to see how we can help them purchase the home of their dreams or an investment property or something. How can we do that? And that's what I enjoy doing is, Hey, this is what you can do. This is how much you can afford. Yeah. And then go from there. And then now once I hired my first person, they were able to once the the hardest part for me was handing it off. Mm. Going, you know what? 
no one and here's I remember having a mentor tell me if you if you can find someone that'll do 70% as well as you will hire them hmm. hire them <laughs> because you're you're going to be making sure you're doing everything right but if you can find someone that can just take that and have a 70% job investment yeah. then you'll get it you'll go to the next level so hmm. handing it off and going you know what I'm I've done my part I'm giving it to you and I'm entrusting you to get it to where it closes Mm -hmm. and doing that allowed us in our business to just bloom. Yeah. There's actually, there, there's two points that I wanted to make. Number one is kind of coming back to earlier. We're talking about, you know, those nice fishing days and must be nice to make your own schedule (laughs) and things like that. People don't, see or think about it's a classic motivational poster where you have the iceberg and then all the hard work underneath people don't see those sleepless nights or the nights wondering am i going to go have have to go back and get a nine to five or am i doing the right thing am i going to be able to make payroll or am i going to be able to provide for my family they don't see that stress and the stress of having to go out into the marketplace every day and find your own business they just see when you take a day off and go on the boat, it's like, wow, that must be really nice <laughs> on a right. Tuesday. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, that's not, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and number two, delegation. We talk about that a lot on the podcast just because that's something that Danny and I are really kind of, that's fresh in our minds, particularly mine, because bringing him on board, it was like, I'll show you how to do things. But I, in the very beginning, I really had a hard time just letting him take it. I would always kind of be over his shoulder watching him. And in the end, that defeats the purpose of bringing someone on board if you're not yeah, you're still leveraging. Yeah, exactly. That's you're right. still overseeing everything. And I've kind of had to learn and been able to learn how to move into more of a quality control um, position rather than holding his hand as he does everything. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that that's just helped both well, of us tremendously. Training is something that most salespeople aren't good at. Fair enough. And so one of the things, if you can get, get them trained get an assistant, a transaction coordinator trained really well, which we're not good at. So you hire somebody, you find somewhere to get them trained yeah. and then you go, okay, now I trust you. And you yeah. still, you have to inspect what you expect. Yeah. And so you still got to go back and, um, make sure they're doing everything right. You know, just follow it up. But then there gets to a point where you trust them. Yeah. And until they give me a reason not to, I'll keep trusting. Them. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And that's something that, I mean, it's just, um, it's just a matter of growth and, and kind of taking those different steps, taking the step to hire somebody and then learning how to be able to trust them. And so you can all move, move up. Um, jumping off of that, then what were some things, and I know we kind of been touching on this topic. Um, what were some things, not necessarily negative things, but that you didn't realize about the industry before you, before you got into it? And I know that's kind of a broad question. Besides not having as much off time as you thought you would. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of them. An- another one is that guidelines change so much. Hmm. So I could have a borrower that I'm talking to and then a month later the government could change something and what I said we could do, we can't. Hmm. So that the guidelines change quite a bit. Um, lenders, sometimes we, you know, we were a broker where we would have six or seven different lenders that we used and they would put overlays over certain loans. So things that we could do. So it was just, it was such a, ever-changing market Hmm. yeah you know the just what we could offer would change what we could do rates would change so it was a that's something that i did not anticipate is just i figured hey here's the guidelines let's we're all good to go get in business then things would change yeah Um, now how do you how do you manage expectations properly then in 
with that knowledge that things change so quickly, how do you handle that now? Well, you go in with, uh, it doesn't, you know, it say it changes. If I have a client within 60 days, even if I start that file, I'm good now. Okay. What another thing that I found that really surprised me is clients not getting us what we need. (laughs) You know, we close our loans on time unless I have a client that just won't get us what we need. And I, there's things that come up that may delay it, but for the most part, it's now we've set this expectation up front. Hey, our goal is to close this loan when it's supposed to close March 31st. However, I need you to commit that you're going to get me what we need within 24 hours when we ask for it. It's a double-sided effort. And so by doing that, by letting them know, Hey, we need you just like you need us. We need to work together. Yeah. Um, and, and, and until you have that, until you set that expectation, I also tell them, tell them up front that it's, you know, one of the things I like to use, there was a time when things were just going like this, mm-hmm. like it was just, and it's now with, with COVID, there's so many new guidelines yeah. of verifying income and all these different things that really change our industry and people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I try to set those expectations, I'll say, you know, you get on a plane and you expect that pilot to get you to your destination, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. But along the way, there are, you hit some turbulence. You may have a passenger next to you that's a little unruly. You know, there's things along the way <laughs> that may bother you, may move you off your, your, where you're headed, but we're going to get you to the landing. Mm, yeah. We're going to bring you in just like that pilot. You expect to get to closing. We're going to get you to closing. There may be things and bumps along the way. Just trust us. We will get you there. We'll get you to the end. And result. it's that expectation of, you know what? I, yeah, there are things that I had client. I have client clients come in all the time that are just scared to death mm. because they've heard how bad the process is. Yeah. Mm. And by setting those expectations up front is if you get us what we need, and we'll get you to that closing. Yeah. That's a great analogy to to uh, kind of set those expectations as well. That's good. Yeah, we actually, um, just a couple episodes ago, we had Brandon Spain on the podcast, oh, and yeah. he was talking about um, there's a lot of parallels between aviation and business. He was talking specifically about how checklists, everything has to be perfect every single time or you can't fly. And I was like, man, that's really interesting. You know, implementing that same kind of mindset in your business where, Hey, this same process has to be completed to the letter every single time. Um, yeah, really, that's how we close on time is because we have processes. We have Tuesday updates, Friday updates. Yeah. You know, we have a list when I have a person in my office that sends out all of our our uh, documents, you know, our loan, initial loan documents. Mm -hmm. And she goes through a checklist. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty simple. You follow that checklist. When we have a, I've got a person in my office that collects Juliana, collects all of our upfront documents from the borrower. Yeah. She goes through the checklist. Same process. If it's not there, she goes back and says, this is what I need. So by having those processes that you follow every single time. Yes. You're going to close on time. Mm-hmm. That's perfect for my next question because my next question was going to be what what kind of systems and processes do you have in place now after that many years in the business? What does the process look like and how have you kind of leveraged and, and made sure that things happen every single time? Very, so you already, that's a, that's you already a mentioned very a couple, good but, question. So it is, we have lists. Mm-hmm. So we have, and it, you know, 
I've got people that have been doing this. Lena in my office has been doing this for 15 years. Mm -hmm. She still has a checklist Mm -hmm. because she does not want to miss anything. And sometimes you get going, you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then you miss that. It's easy to do. Um, We have, in our our team, we have three different people that do three different things. So uh, Juliana does all the upfront collecting of documents. She goes through the application process to make sure everything is correct. From there, it goes to Lena. Lena looks at it, reviews it, makes sure it's everything is right, makes sure income's just a double second set second, of eyes yep, looking at it. Yep. And then Abby sends out all the documents, sends out the disclosures, makes sure everything's accurate. And of course, I check it along the way. Yeah. You know, before she sends it out, I review it. And then once that happens, once the borrower signs the documents, I don't touch it again. Mm. It goes to Lane. Elaine is the one that follows up with the, the borrower, gives them updates on where we are every week. She works with a title company. So we have these processes so people know their job. Yeah. That's a, that's a big problem. When I had issues with people not doing what they're supposed to do in their job, it's because they didn't know their job description. Hmm. Interesting. Your employees have to know what their job description is. And you can say, oh, it's pretty easy. They're supposed to, they're a cashier doing this. Well, is their job description being cashier and being customer service? Yeah. That cashier yeah. should is the last person they see, right? That's true. Yeah. So what is their job? What is their description? And unless the employee or the person on your team knows that, things are not going to go the way they're supposed to. Yeah, interesting. In the system. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because once everybody's crystal clear on their exact role, that's when you have things kind of start moving as a, a well-oiled machine. Hmm. Um, that's something that we, we just in the last month, maybe a month and a half have implemented a new CRM and there's a transaction management in that CRM, which we're kind of in the process of importing all of our current transaction management stuff into the CRM. Um, but it's got fields for everything checklist for everything okay so if so-and-so does this who is this assigned to who gets notified once this is done i can get a text notification once somebody's received the pre-approval letter it's really it's really cool i like it a lot and i was working on it this morning thinking this is how it should be mm-hmm. things this is how things run as a well well-oiled machine i don't know why that's so hard to say but um <laughs> this is how things just get moving and, and how real growth happens when you can just repeat that same process over and over and over and, and it's and, just exciting yeah and we're in customer service. Yeah. Our job is to make that that customer have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And if there's going to be things that happen, I mean, you can't please everybody. Yeah. But if you have these processes in place, they're going to have a good experience because yeah. you know it works. And we're always going back. I mean, we go back all the time. Is this something we need to change? Where do we need to change? We do it together. We do it together as a team. Now, I can sit there and have these ideas of, yeah, we need to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. If I go in... And I hope my team's not listening to this. <laughs> but if I go in and say, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it, there may be some pushback mm-hmm. going, hey, wait a second, this works. Yeah. But if we bring them in together and say, okay, this system, this part of it, this little piece is not working, mm-hmm. what can we do together to make that better? Then they buy into it because it's their idea exactly. or we work together and then it ends up even being smoother. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's exciting. And that's something that, again, we've been working on recently, just trying to figure out, okay, how, how can we, who should be doing what, you know, how to make sure everything is done. And that's something that I've bragged to, to him about, um, of your team. Often I've gotten several handwritten cards from you guys. I don't know who writes your cards. They're signed (laughs) the Steve Jones team, not Steve Jones. So I know some, but it's, it's cool. We'll go out to, 
to get a coffee or something. And I get a handwritten note afterwards saying, hey, thanks for your time. I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, how, who all are you meeting during the week? How many cards do you send out? I mean, I'm not I was looking for an answer for that. It's probably a ton, but it's like, it just really sticks in my mind. I mean, you, you really have done things well, you know? Well, and it's all about relationship. 100%. You know, you bring that up about those cards. Those cards are because we do, I truly, we truly appreciate working with people. We yeah. truly appreciate getting to know them better. Um, but it's, it's all about relationship hmm. and that's every client we have. It's about relationship. You know, one of the things, and this is not one of your questions, but I'll tell you is during COVID, we used to meet with every client. So I'd get an application. I would have them come into the office. I'd sit down with them. I'd want to get to know them face to face because, and this is for anybody's business, nine times out of 10, the first person they meet is the one they're going to use. So if they call you and say, Hey, I'm looking at this house. I want to meet with you. And you go, well, I'm out of town till next Thursday. Instead of, if you were to send someone from your team to do it nine times out of 10, they're going to come back and use you. Really? Yes. And so the problem was, is that when COVID hit, no one was meeting and I would talk to someone on the phone and I would lose business. I mean, it was crazy Mm -hmm. how many times I'd think I'd have this great customer. Hey, you were referred by someone I know, but there was no face to face. They Mm -hmm. didn't see how I respond. They didn't see the look in my eyes when I talked to them. They didn't see our care and concern that we have to make sure they have a good experience. And so they would just, Hey, the rate is, you know, this much better or the cost is a hundred dollars less. Yeah. I'm going to go with this person shopping around. Okay. And so we, I was like, something's got to change. There's got to be some way that we can have this relationship. And so I immediately went out and started sending videos mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I, I would, I could go had one the other day at a lower title, never met them until closing. Mm-hmm. I went to closing and she, I walked in and she was like, Hey, Steve, <laughs> like she knew me yeah. because I would send a video to her explaining processes. Hey, this is the next step. So she would see my face. She would, she felt like she knew me yep. and that changed everything because wow. it's all about relationship. Interesting. Well, that's kind of in tandem with that. That's one reason that we like to do the podcast as well is because if somebody wants to, you know, kind of learn about us or, or, you know, if they're researching us and they look up my name, they can find hours and hours of me talking mm-hmm. with different people on different topics, you know, and that's kind of a way to build that relationship, um, without you having to be there with each individual person. But I think, yeah, I forget, I forget as well. I do get your videos, like your, your market update videos <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And it's always like, Hey, there's Steve's face in my inbox. You know, yeah. that's really, so what, what software do you use to send out videos? It's co-video. Okay. So it's just a, it's a company we pay an annual fee and it's been so good. I mean, the, just the response that we get, people are blown away by, wow, you sent me a, and I had one guy, I, I actually go to church with him and he, uh, I sent him a video and he goes, yeah, I just thought it was a canned video till I opened it up and realized you were speaking to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course. Interesting. So do you, um, do you have like a time set aside each day to sit down and just record out and just bang out a bunch of videos? Sometimes or? I do. I did that today. I had three, I had to get out and okay. I just did it all at once, but it's so simple. I've got a webcam on my computer. Yeah. It's literally clicking a button. I know what I'm going to say. You know, uh, we send one out when we send out docs and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do a video. Hey, this is Steve from Cornerstone. Just want to give you an update. Those documents are going out. Here's what you need to get in to sign them. If you have any questions, let us know. Boom, done. Hmm. It's super easy. And yet they have that 
personal I know him. Yeah. I trust him. I see his face, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so, I mean it really it does make a difference. Yeah, if you don't trust somebody, you're not going to do business with no, them. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Even if they have better prices or that's you know, right. better rates. You want to trust them and yep. that's yeah. it's more trust was pe- are more important than rates. Because mm-hmm. if they, if you don't trust, and I tell these people all the time, you know, you might get a lower rate, which usually doesn't happen. But what's your experience going to be like? Is yeah. it worth what you lost with yep. that experience? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's and that's great. the thing is, people hear those horror stories of of the terrible experiences, and we hear them too. And I mean, there's there's some transactions that are just rough. Yeah. True. Um, but for the most part, when you have someone who is devoted you know, on a full-time basis, this is their job to make your life easier or to get you to that finish line, like that pilot, it's going to go a lot better than, than someone else. And how much is that worth? You know, a lot of times. And something too, that I remind our team all the time and they remind me all the time is that we do this every single day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you have clients that are looking for houses, you do it, we do it every day. And so we have expectations yeah. They don't do it every day. So our mindset, we need to be thinking, what are they experiencing? Why are they responding this way? Mm-hmm. And usually if someone responds in a way, it's not because they're mad at you. It's because they're either afraid of what's happening and they just need to be walked through it. Yeah. And that's something, you know, oh, I can't believe they're calling me about this again. This is the fourth time I've talked about it. Well, that means there's an issue that they're concerned about. And yeah. then you got to go and, okay, I know I go through this every day. You don't here's how we can help. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's, it's that empathy that you got to have that sometimes we get, this is what we're doing. Yeah. You know, that's you lose true. That empathy. That's true. Even in, in training too, it's easy to like, why don't you get this? Mark is kind of famous for that. You know, like <laughs> I already explained this to you. Why don't you have it yet? <laughs> but it's, it's easy when you, when you're involved in something so much to not give other people that, um, I guess grace or, or the room to not understand. Um, I feel like I, I I really talking earlier about salespeople not being good at training. I completely agree with you. I think it's been such a blessing for us being brothers and having grown up so close and things like that. I was just going to make that little caveat earlier. It's, it's been awesome to be able to train you and and work with you because we communicate so well. So when I'm trying to explain something to him, he gets it more than maybe somebody else would. Well, and it's interesting that you say it because I've, I have two girls that work for me. Yeah. Two of my children. Yeah, I know Abby. Yeah, Abby and Juliana, they both work for me. Oh, okay. And Abby started working for me when she was in high school. So she would come in the summers and answer phones or do whatever. And then when she was in college, she would come home and do the same thing with okay. no desire to ever... Once she graduated, <laughs> she was out the door. She was done. She was not working Just anymore. Just like you didn't want to stay in Pensacola. There you go. And then she graduated in December of 19. So right before everything went crazy... And she's like, you know what? I think I want to come work for you. And she is amazing because she's been in the business. She's just right out of college. So she still can pick things up really yep, quick. Yep. And so she does an amazing job. Julia, my youngest, has been working with me. She she spent a year or two just traveling around the world Good for her. doing some mission stuff. So when she came back, she's like, okay, I'm going to work for like a month and then I'm going to travel. I'm going to work a month and then travel. Man. Well, then when COVID hit, she couldn't yeah. travel. In fact, yeah. she had just gotten back from Europe, like as they were shutting, shutting down the airport. So mm. she's now like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. She bought a house and she does a great job with what she does because she was, for one thing, she's been raised in it. But like you said, we've got that. She knows, and it's, it's a fine line because I, how I deal with her with issues 
or not getting the job, hey, you need to work on this. It's and how from, I deal with someone that's not family. Yeah, that's true too. And I have to watch myself. Yeah. yeah. Because I'll sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, well, would you say that to another employee? That's true. So there's things you got to <laughs> watch out for, but I, exactly what you're saying, there is that chemistry because yeah. they understand where I'm coming mm-hmm, from and yep. vice versa. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's something just kind of jumping a little bit different trains of thought now. So you have, we've talked about kind of your structure and the different people that you have handling different things. What does your day look like? And every day in real estate is different. That's something everybody says, but typically what are you doing on a day-to-day basis? What does your day consist of? Okay. Every, every day is different, like you said, (laughs) but every day I have a different, uh, focus. Mm, okay. So every day when I come in the office, we have a team meeting at nine 30. So we get in, we do all the things we need to do, check our emails, do whatever we got to do. And then we have a team meeting at nine 30 to go over loans and process to go over new leads, to go over uh, loans that have closed. I mean, there's things that we go through. When is this closing? And basically what I'll do is I, I'm look at the big picture. Yeah. So I, I don't focus on Like we need this little sheet of paper for this loan. Yeah. That's what the team does. Mm -hmm. So we'll sit down and meet and I'll say, okay, here's the, here's the loans we have working. Are there any issues we need to know about? Well, I've got a concern with this one. Okay. I need to make a phone call. We'll get that taken care of. Or these are the leads. Who do I need to call today? And then on every Tuesday I call current leads. So people that we have gotten pre-approved. Okay. So if they're already pre-approved, um, then I'll call them and say, Hey, do you have any questions? Is there any, any homes that you're looking at this weekend? Um, uh, things like that, just so there's just that communication going, yeah. um, Wednesday I call realtors. So I'll call new realtors. I'll call realtors I've been working with. Um, and then Thursday I call loans that have already closed. So I'll try to, you know, a month back, I'll go back and try to call these clients Just say, Hey, it's been a month. Is there anything that we can do to help? You have any questions? You've been getting stuff in the mail that you don't understand. Give us a call. Um, because like you, we don't want to stop our relationship with them as soon as you don't want them to feel like they're just a transaction, right? You know, follow up is vital. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then Friday is really just looking at you know, call in loans. Uh, we send updates every Friday with loans in process. And so you got um, a lot just got on. those things on Friday. And I, during the summer, I try to leave a little early on Fridays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but yeah. that's kind of, so that's kind of what our day looks like. And then during the day, you know, I meet people for lunch. I meet with uh, clients coming Building in. Building relationships. Um, that kind of thing. So usually in the afternoons, I meet with clients because that goes to that process of, I talk with them up front. We go through everything. We get all the documents. We send them the documents to sign, and then we try to get them to come in so I can go, especially first-time home buyers, yeah. to get them to come in and go, let me explain everything to you. Here's the process. This is what's going on. Try and preemptively answer right. questions. Yep. I introduce them to Lena. So from here on out, Lena's going to hold your hand all the way through yeah. just so they have those expectations. But that's uh, meeting with those clients that we're working with. And a lot of times they don't. You know, right now people don't want to come in, yeah. but if it's a first time home buyer, I really want to get them in so they can truly understand the process. So they're not sitting there. What happens now? Yeah. Like what's going on? The, you know, yeah. they know yeah. what's going on. hundred so. percent. Yeah. That's something that we are still kind of figuring out as well. Um, is not, I don't want anybody to feel like they're being passed off. You know, if, so, if there's someone handling the transaction, they're handling it under the bigger umbrella, which is 
Mark and then me underneath that, you know, so they, they have that, that care and attention. Um, that's one of people's biggest problems with, I won't say, but bigger local lenders is they feel like they just get handed off from person to person to person and you lose that, that relationship, that personal touch that trust and that yeah, that trust. Out. That's true. Like, yep. okay, I don't know. I came to Steve. I don't know who this person is. So I feel like that's really valuable to bring them in and sit them down and say, Hey, here's me. Here's Lena. She's going to be helping you. She's underneath me. She's been trained. She's been doing this for so long. You can trust her. If you hear something from her, it's basically coming from me. I think that's really, really a valuable way to handle it. Yeah. Our, I mean, my job is to go, is to get that client, walk them through. This is where, this is what you can do. Finding, structuring that loan to get it where they can do the loan. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, mm-hmm. Getting their credit up. I mean, there's certain things you have to do, but then it comes to, that's what I'm good at. This is what Lane is good at. Yeah. yeah. She's good at getting that loan to closing. Mm-hmm. And so it would, I, I had a, uh, just a backstory here. I had a, um, one of my employees that left, got married, gave me like a four week notice and I didn't have time to go hire somebody. So it took me a while to get somebody. And so I was on my own for about two weeks with before Lena actually started working six years ago. And, it was a nightmare. Oh, I'll bet. Because I didn't do all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. And so, yes, you want to have this person take it, transaction coordinator, take it to closing because they know all the details of how, what do we need to do to the get it there. there. Yeah. You and I are good at structuring that contract, structuring that loan, doing mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. 100%. Um, well, you mentioned in there getting credit up and different things like that. That's perfect because I texted you this just a couple hours ago. I was like, hey, while we're on the show, I really want to ask um, – because this is something that we see all the time, right? We, we see people who aren't approved for – um, alone right now, or people who are, you know, they're trying to get a rental and their credit's not where they need it to be. Um, other than just the basic, make your payments on time. Don't use more than, you know, keep your, keep your ratio down or whatever. How do you coach people and, and what do you tell people to do to, to work on their credit and really, you know, how do you make strides for that? Okay. I get a lot of clients that come in that are, they want to buy now. Yeah. And as you know, uh, rates are determined by credit score. Mm-hmm. So it's a credit risk rating system. So you, your rates are going to be, if you have a 620 score, your rates are going to be higher than if you have a 720 score. Yeah. And so I try to tell a lot of my clients, are you, do you, especially if they're in that lower 600 to 620 range, I'll say, what's your time frame? Do you have to buy this house in the next six months? or the next three months. Mm-hmm. No. Well, let me help you work on your score. Cause it's going to, if you wait, you know, none of us want it's people to wait money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But cause we're ready. Let's help you now. But if they'll wait six months, build their score up or 10 months or 12 or two years, mm-hmm. I've got clients I've worked with for three years that are now able to close. In fact, wow. I had one two months ago. I mean, it was crazy. Interesting. I don't even, re- I didn't even remember her. She came <laughs> to my office and said, she's like, you don't remember me, do you? I'm like, uh, not really. We're going to cut this part out. <laughs> no, 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 she goes, it was great. She I mean, goes, three years later, she that's... goes, I came in your office three years ago Man. and you told me what I needed to do to get my credit and score up. And she did it. And she did it. There you and go. she was able to buy a house. Wow. And that was so like satisfying. I'll bet this it was. is why we do this. Yeah. So going back to those credit, yeah, get your score up. You set a number of them, pay your bill, pay your your bills on time. Um, keep your balances under 50%. So don't use all of your revolving limits. Yeah. Keep it under the lower you have, the better your scores are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, have at least 
one or two revolving accounts. Um, now, okay, for those who don't know, revolving accounts meaning credit cards. Okay, yeah, yeah credit cards or um, furniture store. Those are revolving usually because they sure. want you to revolving is anything that you can pay down and then you use again. Okay, so they want you okay. to go, hey, pay down your credit card and then, and then you use, can it use it again. Yeah, yeah, uh, line of credit, something like that. Yeah. So those things, I, um, I mean, it's obviously don't pay your bills over thirty days late. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Pay your bills on time, people. And then have at least, like I said, have at least one credit card. Okay. I have a lot of clients that'll come in that'll have either low scores or no scores. That's and something I'll tell I've them, seen recently. Like- I'll say, yeah, you need to get at least one credit card. And there's a ways to do that. Um, there's um, secured credit cards. If you have don't have any credit, you can go to a local bank and get a secured credit card. Capital One has some. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer a lot of. I refer people to Central Credit Union. They have some. Okay. Um, you can pay me later. No. <laughs> um, Sponsor us. <laughs> but there, that's a way to get get a credit card. And basically, what you do is you put. It's a you have money in account that gets held up. It's basically it's secure. Like so they're using that two fifty, and you can't do get anything over two fifty. And okay. if you don't pay, it's there to cover it. That's wise. Um, but that helps people get that score, get that going. Um, you also, you know, I have people that come in and say, I don't have a credit score, but I have six years of rental history. I have, there's ways to get, get a loan. You don't always have to have a score. Yeah. It's called non-traditional credit. Okay. And you have to have, you know, there's a lot of it you have to have. So you have to have at least 24 months of rental history. You got to mm-hmm. show that you've paid your uh, cell phone bill for, 12 months, things like that. Basically that you're responsible. Correct. Yeah. And that's what I tell people a lot of times. I have actually two or three friends who, um, I've just been having these conversations. I'm sounding like a nerd that I just talk with my friends about credit, but, um, just that they don't have any credit at all. And I'm like, you really need to, I had that same conversation. You have to get some card with like a low balance or a prepaid or something like that. That'll help you. Cause all it is, your credit score is just your, it's, a measurement of your willingness to pay debts or yep. your, your responsibilities. And exactly. that's, if you don't have that, it's almost worse than having bad credit because they have no, no indication at all, you know? Exactly. So, and, and even um, if you don't have credit, you're still going to pay a higher rate because it's based, there's no score to go yes, off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we recommend everybody get, you know, get a credit score. Mm. Um, I know there's some out there, I won't say his name, some famous <laughs> financial guys that say you don't have to do that. Yeah. Oh like, Yeah. You know. Listen, all right, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. I love, you know, I like a lot of his know, stuff. I like a lot of his stuff. That's something yeah. like, yes, there may be that one lender out there that really <laughs> focuses on that. But yes, yeah, the higher the credit score, the better your rate, mm-hmm. the more money you're going to save over life. It's a, a tool. Lot. It's a tool. And you can, yeah. you can abuse any tool. You know, there's, there's everything to excess not everything, but we have this conversation a lot about even just about soda or food or things like that. Things to excess become dangerous. Same is true with credit. Credit can be leveraged and it's necessary in a lot of ways. That's my biggest problem with Dave Ramsey. And Mark feels the same way. We talked about this at lunch the other day. I think he's really, really good for debt consolidation, but not, there's a lot of things that, um, the principles don't apply. So, um, I actually had a lady ask me today, and I'm just kind of springing this on you, but she just went through um, bankruptcy. Um, what was it, six months ago or something like that? R- very recently. Very recently, yeah. Is there any chance of someone like that being able to get a loan? Two years. Okay. Two years. Yeah, okay. so you got to wait two years. And, and Deed and Lou is another one we've seen a lot lately. For FHA, for a government loan, that's a three-year waiting period. Okay. okay. Once you hit that three years, you can purchase. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right. So before we wrap it up, I want to talk about um, a couple other things that you're involved in. Um, so you just recently got back from Nepal. Um, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about, um, your, your trips and then hope has a name, which is the, I want, I want to hear about that. Okay. So, uh, the short version is it's, it's a long process, but in 2014, I took my first trip to Nepal, went to some really remote areas mm-hmm. and saw some really, uh, deep poverty, saw some things that really, uh, made me realize that, that there's more that I could be doing. And mm-hmm. it's a, you know, uh, I, I believe that God called me over there to help these people. Mm-hmm. And so in took many trips. I've been there 15 times. Um, I spent a month over there in a couple years ago, spent two, three weeks at a time usually. Um, and so there's things that we've done. We started a uh, ministry, a nonprofit in 2017 called Hope Has a Name. And that's one of the biggest things we see is just there's no hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's the only hope that I know that gives true hope is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he instructs us to help the poor, help the widow, help the orphan. Yep. And so in 2017, when we started this this nonprofit, it was really, do I need a nonprofit to be able to do these things? No. But a lot of people donate to us, and they there's tax benefits. So yep. we started this um we do a number of things. We, uh, we've put water barrels and, and piping in six villages now. Wow. So basically, after the earthquake, a lot of the water sources were diverted because the earthquake in 2015, which was devastating, yeah. hmm. over 10,000 people died. So hmm. it changed a lot. Of, I mean, you'd see mount, half of a mountain gone. Wow. And so it changed a lot of the water diversion. And so what we started doing is going to these villages and providing piping, which goes straight to the water source. It could be three, four, five, six hundred yards. Wow. And then from that water source, it goes down into a, a barrel, okay. and then the people can go fr- right in their village and get water from the barrel. Mm. And we've done that in, like I said, six different villages, and it's just really opened the door. We've seen just just a change in, in their attitudes, their hope. Um, yeah. We'll go there and... I remember having going to a village, a uh, really remote village, and uh, doing this. And this one was a very unique project because the water source was below the village. And so we actually went in. It was a $5,000 project, and we had electricity run to a pipe, a pump, and they at the water source that literally Pump pumped up. the water up to these two huge barrels where they <laughs> stored the water interesting and when i met with the uh, village elder he uh he said never in my lifetime did i ever expect to see something like this wow. like he was shocked that this even happened wow and so uh, from my ancestors were his exact words from my ancestors <laughs> we never expected to see something like interesting. this interesting so we've done that in a few villages. that's something that's really we've really been able to help our main priority is building a children's home which we the timing is good because we are Everything is on track. We have the land. We've been raising funds. We have builders now. We have the plans. As of right at this moment, um, our contacts over there are working with the government to get the letter of approval. Wow, that's so exciting. So our goal is by the end of March, the construction will start. We already have nine children ready to move in when it's finished in the Wonderful. fall. And so that's that's really our main focus of what we do. Yeah. I was over there uh, first of February with my daughter. Um, who helps me quite a bit. She's on the board and helps me with a lot of things. Um, but 
we were over there meeting with the builders, getting all the plans together, making okay. sure we had everything set up, meeting with the people that are going to run the run the home. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we've been doing. I, I, um, f- I'm fortunate that with our business and having the team that we have, that I'm able to go away for, for weeks two weeks at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And most people don't even realize I'm gone, so my <laughs> clients don't even realize it. Because What does that say? Does that make you feel sad? Well, <laughs> it, it makes me feel that I've got a good team. Yes. That's right. 100%. And they're placed there for a purpose of allowing me to do yes. these things. Yeah. You know, and hiring Lena was the best decision that I've ever made in my business, mm-hmm. and it changed my business. And it was a... Um, it was just, a, it was really a miracle that she came on and it's, she's done things that allow me to go do what, you know, my calling or yeah. my second calling or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So. Yeah. That's really interesting about the children's home. Now, when that's built, um, what's the staffing going to, and this is, I mean, completely off topic, but how is that going to be running? Well, and that's a good question. We've, we've got a lot of contacts over there. We've got some, I've been there so many times that I've got really good relationships with people Sure. and we've got a family that is actually um, in the process of being trained to okay. run the home. However, and uh, this is a beautiful thing, and it just shows how God works in every little detail. Um, when I was over there in December, uh, was my first trip from since COVID, I went over there in December and met with a, uh, a woman who's 62 years old. She runs a children's home in Kathmandu hmm. on her own. Whoa. She's Nepali. She doesn't have any support from out of the country it's all she has some local business owners that have given her she has to bring in her own water they pay for the water to come in but she's doing it done it basically on her own and in october the lease for her home where she has these children is expiring the owner's coming in he's tearing it down he's building a big apartment complex over so the the timing is amazing so i met with her um i thought man this is a great story she's done this on her own she's had a rough life Husband died. Uh, she was uh, abandoned as an orphan when she was nine years old. Mm. Just a, an amazing story of how she said, this is a need. I'm going to fill it. Yeah. So she sold land that she had inherited b- before her, her mother died and sold that land when she was 54 years old to start this children's home. Wow. And so I met her. I'm like, it was on my heart. We need her. Yeah. So I, I'm on our last trip. I went to our contacts and told them this is where my heart is. Is we need to bring her on, and have her be a part of this. Yeah. And he said yes. We've already been talking about this because her lease expires. So we're gonna bring basically what's happening and the way it's all working out is amazing. But we're gonna bring her on. She's got experience working with the government. Mm-hmm. She's got experience working with children. She's got she's got all the experience we need. So she's going to come in, help set up the home because there's a lot of governmental things sure. that have to oh, be yeah, done. Yeah. And then she's going to train this family that's <laughs> going to take it over. Wow. And so literally we are taking care of the widow and the orphan. That's... And so having her come in with these nine children, I've already got contacts over there. I've got a friend that runs a, runs a private school um, and he is giving giving those children free education. Wow. That's wonderful. So it's just that's one tremendous. thing after another of how everything has worked out, but that's who's going to be running the home. Yeah. Because I can't be there. It's not allowed no, for yeah. American to oh, do that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Americans oh. can't own land. Americans can't run homes like that. Um, without special 
government permission. Sure, and there's yeah, some yeah. places sure very hard to in very remote Western Nepal where they do have some Americans running okay. orphanages or children's homes. But with the area we are, they, they do not allow. It's got to be run by Nepal. Well, praise God you have a, a so, local with experience and she'll work mm-hmm. on training. And I mean, yep. that's really, that's incredible. That's yeah. awesome to yeah. hear. Um, I feel like that'd be a really good clip for Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. Well last then when you're not traveling to Nepal or, or leveraging and, and working in the mortgage industry, what are you doing with your free time? I'm a, I'm really a boring guy. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, I get all my excitement when I'm over there climbing in those mountains, but, bet, yeah. um, when I come home, I just want to be with my family. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time with my family. I go to the, you know, I work out every, you know, I try to keep in shape cause it's, it's a challenge to walk up those peaks. Yeah. So I know there's mountains and there's remote areas, but so I exercise and I spend a lot of time with my family. Hmm. I love that. When I'm not working, I I'm with my family. Yeah. And my wife taught me a long time ago is that if you're on the phone, you're not with me. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm with her, that phone you is disconnect. off. Yeah. Even on the weekends, I try yeah. to keep it off. We mm-hmm. have this really great, um, new pre-approval system where I can get someone pre-approved and send out a, uh, electronic email that the realtor can go in and print the pre-approval up to a amount that we've already specified. Oh, wow. And they don't even have to come to me on a Saturday wow. and go, Hey, That's I need this pre-approval. Really That's nice. Sunday night. I need this pre-approval. So that, that has, really helped with yeah that's nice our for family time. you and that's nice for them too because yep. they can just yeah. go get it themselves anytime yeah. i mean wow that's really yep. really valuable that's something that we're i mean we're young um you know he's working as he was working as my transaction coordinator but his wife actually has been working with navy fed and she's we're working on bringing her into the business mm-hmm. as well to work on different things so it's exciting with all of us i mean they're my family here who i spend time with and my sister who lives here as well um, so it's cool to have everybody working in the business yeah. or at least in the industry. Cause so you got them um, all to move down from Illinois. Huh? Oh, I did a hundred percent. I did. Yeah. Anyway. I called him. Um, <laughs> they came back and visited back in and I'm really proud of this story. They came back and visited back in January and I told him, I said, if you come down and visit me, I promise you're going to, you're not going to want to live in Alton, Illinois anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and no offense to anybody watching this from Alton. I, I love Alton, but I love it because of the people, not because of really any other reason. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, when, when it, when I started getting busy enough, to where I felt like I, I have enough in savings to where I could bring on somebody onto payroll. I thought this is perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of came down here with that thought in their heads of, all right, is this where God's leading us? You know, is this a, a wise move for us? And then they started saving up and, and yeah, we got them down here late September. And, um, so he and his wife were moving down and my sister was really kind of having, um, problems, you know, just needed a change as well. And my next door apartment opened up. And so I called her and I said, Hey, put in your two weeks, throw your stuff in their moving van. And, and we'll, you guys can all just come down at the yeah, same time. Worked out well. So we're working on my parents, mom and dad, if you're watching this, we want you down here too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun to have my, my family here. I have a cousin and his, his fiance who live down here and I'm, I'm spend most of my time with them as well. And that's, you know, so my point to that was just saying everybody understands I'm not to that place yet where I can completely not disconnect. take calls. Yeah. But oh, nobody, sure. nobody yeah, gets sure, sure. Down, and so. I, there's occasion when I have to, Understood, but yeah. it's, it's like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm going to give me five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets it. It's <laughs> yeah. when I'm on the phone at, at eating a meal or when I'm, yeah. so that's the yeah. kind of stuff she's well, like. No, yeah. And that's stop. hard not to do that. You have to be deliberate to kind of step out of that role. Um, cause it's really, it's tough. Well, and I, we all, we love our business. We love our clients. Yeah. But my wife and family have first priority. Well, and that's first. the thing, you know, that's why you work the business too, is to that's, be able to spend more time yep. with your family. And, and it's right. that, you know, six of one. Have yeah. I, I talk about of. that a lot or I, I get heated about that a lot. Cause I feel like a lot of people, um, they, 
neglect their family and they say, you know, I'm doing all this for my family, but your family wants you, yeah. you know, that, that's something. And I don't have a family, so I can't really say that yet, but that's just my well, observation. And you hear that buzzword a lot of yeah. life balance. Yeah. yeah. You know, what is your mm-hmm. life balance? Well, for different people, it's different things. But yeah. for, for me, it's being with my family. Yeah, 100%. That's right. I love that. Well, Steve, we appreciate you coming on the show. Really, it's been a, a tremendous and long episode. I feel like there's a lot more that we could jump into yeah. here. Um, if people wanted to get in contact with you, should we send them to social media? You know, phone call. How how would you like people to reach uh, you? They can email Steve at choosecornerstone.com. There we go. Phone call four four seven three six six four six area right. code eight five zero. There we go. We'll put that in the uh, the description, in the show notes, and um, any any closing remarks for our listeners. Thank you for. Ha- I've really enjoyed it. It's been well, fun. Good. It's you know a lot of times we have so much in us that we don't even think about until you draw it out. So yeah. I appreciate yep. you making me think about all these things. Well, you're welcome. Wonderful. We're we're really glad you bring a lot of interesting and and valuable experience to the table. So um, appreciate you being down to jump on the podcast, Steve. Yes, Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. All right. So that was our interview with Steve Jones. And honestly, I I feel really good after this episode. I feel like we just gave a lot of value. We got a lot crammed into that, into that time. It's one of our longer episodes, but, um, I think just learning from his experience, um, with the business and 17 years in mortgages, and then also what he does with the nonprofit hope has a name. I just think that he's an inspiring guy. And I think that it was worth every minute of the listen. You Very know? much so. How are you feeling, Dan? I think that, uh, I mean, I'm feeling energized from that. I think that he definitely um, has a great perspective um, through his faith that, that he talks about his purpose in starting the business um, and how that purpose has kind of changed. And he talks about his priorities as well. And coming from a business owner, that's really encouraging to hear, um, you know, someone who has family first and he talks about his faith being at the top of the list, and then he talks about how um, functioning as a business is is a high priority, and somehow through all of that, he does everything with excellence, and you definitely see that throughout this episode. Yeah, and I can personally vouch for that as well. We've done a, a tremendous amount of deals through him, and Mark has used him for a long time as well. And and he just he does it right. You know, it's it's refreshing to work with somebody who um, doesn't just talk about it; they actually do it. And I felt that way with Brandon Spain as well. And obviously, everybody that we have on the podcast, we have a huge amount of respect for. But some people that you talk to, they just they're really good at expressing it, and you can just kind of you get that feeling from them that they really mean exactly what they're saying. Very and I, so. I really respect Steve a lot. Um, so if you're still here, we again appreciate you joining us and appreciate you listening to the uh, to the content and we hope we were able to bring you some value in this episode and if you're still listening what are you doing go listen to another episode thank you so much for joining us